Hello and welcome to the Encouraging Angels podcast with Stan Szymanski. I'm your host, Stan Szymanski. Today is Thursday, September 21st, 2023, and I have a great show for you today. Neither Encouraging Angels nor Stan Szymanski nor anyone affiliated with Encouraging Angels is offering any type of advice on this program. We do not offer medical advice. We do not offer legal advice. We do not offer financial advice. We do not offer personal advice of any kind. Please consult a professional in the area of your need or interest. Uh I was impressed this morning to talk to you about provision and about biblical provision and what that really means. Now, we've talked repeatedly about, especially the, which I'll touch again on today, you know, food, water, shelter, energy, protection are the main things for whatever is coming. That something bad this way comes, something evil this way comes. But a lot of people really don't think that they have a responsibility uh, or that they have very little responsibility to themselves and even less to others. But I want to take that thought and help you to hopefully get that out of your mind. I want to read one scripture today. I could read uh, a few, but I'm going to read one particular scripture. This is 1 Timothy 5, 8. 1 Timothy 5, verse 8. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So let's, before we define provision in God's terms, let's just look at this verse for a minute. So it says, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household. So you're not making provisions just for yourself. And in fact, you're not just making provision for the members of your household, but for also your relatives. You might think that's the worst thing in the world. However, God's word has admonished you to make provision in this manner. Because if you don't do that, you've denied the faith that you claim that you have, and you're worse than an unbeliever. Some, uh, you know, let me pull up while I'm talking, and I'll try to be professional and talk while I'm pulling up uh, Bible Gateway. Yeah, in the New International Version, it says anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially of their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Now, 
if I go, and I always like to bring up the King James Version. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. I think in some respects that's a little better. Because everybody knows an infidel is someone who is just 180 degrees, you know, opposite of what good is. Uh, Provision. You know, it means a lot of things. Yes, it does mean, in fact, let's go to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, see what provide means. As a transitive verb, transitive means that the, oh, the, the, uh, the subject um, answers the question, what? So, as a transitive verb, A, it mean, provide means to supply or make available i.e. provided new uniforms for the band. B, to make something available. Provide the children with free balloons. It could mean to have as a condition to stipulate. The contract provides that certain deadlines be met. And three... It means to prepare in advance. As an intransitive verb, in other words, a you know a condition that the where the uh, um, the subject provides the answers of of where and how. Um, one to make preparation to meet a need, provide for entertainment, provide for the poor. Number two, to make a proviso or stipulation. The Constitution provides for an elected two-chamber legislation. Three, to take precautionary measures, provide for the common defense. The things that I'm going to concentrate on, and I think that you'll lead as we or you'll look at as we look at Strong's Concordance, which is a biblical definition of provision as it applies to the scripture that we read in 1 Timothy 5.8. It will be that to is to prepare in advance or to take precautionary measures. Now, in Strong's Concordance, um, this is Number 4306 in Strong's Concordance. And again, we're relating this to 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, where in the, for instance, the King James Bible, as we read, but if any provide not for his own, or in the NAS, anyone does not provide for his own. Here's what the word study, you know, uh, says in Strong's Concordance. 
It means to properly, to think, plan, before. Showing necessary forethought to act properly in God's will. Again, so provision really means to properly to think or plan before. Showing necessary forethought to act properly. And so provision is not like, you know, coming home once a week with a bag of groceries, you know, to get you through the week. It does, it does entail that. That is part of provision. That's the, that's the you know, day-to-day version of providing. But provision truly means to think ahead, to prepare, showing necessary forethought to act properly in God's will. And so, as we go back to 1 Timothy 5.8, but if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Is that truly if you're in God's will and you, are, you, you claim to be a child of God and you claim to follow and obey the commands of Jesus Christ, is that you are looking forward to the things that you, your household, and even your your you know extended family and perhaps neighbors mean. Your friends who are believers in Christ. Is that the it is the things that are necessary. That it, it that it is necessary for forethought to take place. When it says to properly to think or plan before, showing necessary forethought to act properly in God's will. That is what provision is. And from that forethought comes the correct decisions when it comes to, well, first of all, your salvation. That you are thinking ahead to, you know, to witness to your friends, family, and to the people that you don't know about Jesus Christ, about his atoning death and him rising again to give us everlasting life. But it also pertains to the provision for things that will be necessary in the future. For anyone who's a believer in Jesus Christ to make it through the coming This this is what I believe. The coming tribulation. Again, there's the tribulation, and that is basically the time between the unveiling of the man of perdition, uh, otherwise known as the Antichrist, and the time of the delivery of the wrath of God. So it is somewhere between, you know, I don't the earlier parts of Revelation up to what I believe is Revelation 16.1, where the, you know, in Revelation 15, you see the angels standing with the bowls in heaven. And yet there are still those on the earth, you know, singing praise to God in the, in the, the song of Moses. That's in Revelation 15. 
when you get to Revelation 16, that is when God gives the command to pour out the bowls of his wrath on the earth. So I believe that it will be sometime, you know, during, you know, the, the time of Revelation 15 and, a, and a, 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 a big stretch of Revelation chapters, I think that that could happen in a very short period of time, an hour, maybe a day. Um, and then when it comes to time for pouring out of the wrath, we are not, the scripture says, that we are not appointed to the wrath of God. As believers. And of course, this part just came off the top of my head. And so I am searching right now. Okay, for so First Thessalonians 5, 9. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9 says... For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So we are not, a a believer is not appointed to God's wrath. So when the bowls of wrath are poured out in Revelation 16, we won't be here. That's my humble opinion. There are others that will be here that will probably get saved, you know, after that. Not, not, Not too many, I don't think. Um, cause the, the Bible talks about a whole lot of people being PO'd about the sores they have on them and experiencing the incredible heat of the sun and so forth. Um, after those bowls are poured out, um, that is why it is so important to share the love and redempt, the love and redemptive work of Jesus Christ with everyone that you know, because these things are coming. The earlier part of Revelation is not the rev- wrath of God. This is, again, my humble opinion. I've written about this. It's the wrath of Satan. That's what the great tribulation is. The devil hates you. He hates me. He hates everyone. He hates all human beings. Because God came to this earth and died for every one of us, whether we accept it or not. He did that. Jesus Christ did that. He did not come to die for the angels. And that includes and that does not include it doesn't include any of them, but the ones who really wish that they had redemptions are the ones who fell with Satan. When, when God kicked him out of, of heaven. Right now, Satan can still, he can go back and enter heaven and, and petition God like he did with Job in Job uh, chapter 2. But he can't stay there. But there's coming a time, which I believe that's Revelation 12, when the war in heaven starts. And that's why in uh, Daniel... Dan, Daniel chapter 12 that um, the archangel uh, Michael leaves the earth and goes to war in heaven during that time. Uh, so 
So that is, you know, when, and then the devil is, he is banished from heaven completely at that point. And he is pissed off. And that's, you know, really the, the uh, complete implementation of, you know, Mark of the Beast and the uh, extermination of at least a third of the earth. And all that is going on. Um, very bad, very bad time. But, you know, we as believers, if we're here, we will go through that. Um, and many, many will expire. Some will make it to the end. They will. Some will make it to the end because, again, obviously in Revelation 15, there are those who stood in victory. Who stood in victory. Let me read that. And they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of the saints. And uh, let me back up here, back to 15, um, 1. First, in 15.1, we see the angels standing in heaven with the plagues. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues. For in them is filled up the wrath of God. So they are queued up. They stand ready to deliver the wrath of God. But it's not yet. And verse 2 in Revelation 15. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire. And them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. And so there are those, and they sang the song of Moses. There are those who will survive unto that point. Oh, yeah. But all the horrible things that lead up to that. Um, in uh, previous to that will uh, be the wrath of the devil. That, that is why there's be so much hell on earth because the devil hates you. He hates me. He hates God. And this is why the love of God must be shared. The salvation of God. What, why, what Jesus did is the most important preparation. And if you don't share that with your family, you are worse than an infidel. You see what I'm getting at? Again, go back to the, the strong concordance definition properly to think or plan before, showing necessary forethought to act properly in God's will. So if you know all these things are coming that I just shared, like in Revelation, and you don't want to, and you want to survive, you want to be in heaven, eventually on the new earth when that comes, because that will be our reward. You need to read Revelation truly, you know, all the way to the end to discover that. 
um, and and to be with God forever, <clears throat> because hell, you know, is you know is a literal place, and it is the eternal separation of man from God. If you don't want to experience that, and you don't want your your children or your wife or your spouse to to experience that, you need to get on board with God and his word. And not only believe, but to obey. You know, Jesus said, even the demons believe and tremble because they know how great and mighty that God is. But they don't obey him. They're the fallen ones. Well, the demons are the disembodied spirits of the of the giants, really, who were the offspring of the angels having sex with earth women, as was described in Genesis chapter 6, verse 4. So... Making provision for your family is sharing Jesus Christ with them and obeying the commands of Jesus Christ. Now, with all those things, in order to make it to the end, the reason I went through some of that stuff with Revelation and showing that there are going to be believers who make it to the end. And even if you don't make it to the end, you have fought the good fight. But to make it to the end, do you think that you might need food? Do you think that you might need water and a way to purify it and collect it? Do you think you might need appropriate shelter? Do you think that you might need energy? And do you think you might need protection? And again, there's a lot of ways to define protection and things that go in that category, but one is being where everyone else is not. These are the kind of provisions that require forethought. Again, in Strong's Concordance, properly to think or plan before, showing necessary forethought to act properly in God's will. Provision is a godly act. And the lack of provision, the lack of planning, the lack of commitment to these you know, areas, food, water, shelter, energy, provision, or protection, excuse me, all make up you know, par, you know, uh, provision. And they all require you know, properly to think and plan before showing a necessary forethought to act properly in God's will. That, when we go back to, and I think I'm, let's go back here. If we go back to 1 Timothy, but if any, Provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house. He hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. This is why you're worse than an infidel. 
Because if you don't care about the things of God and you refuse to apply the appropriate planning and forethought that you are worse than an infidel. If you are listening to this and if you have not shared Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross with your family, yeah, you're worse than an infidel. If you have not provided, started providing, again, everybody's at a different place, you know, for these things to make it through what's coming on the earth. In my humble opinion, you're worse than an infidel. If you don't know who Jesus Christ is, Jesus Christ, you know, man sinned in the garden, right? Man did, that's Adam and Eve, what God told them not to do, to eat of the the fruit of the tree of knowledge. And they fell and they were destined, all destined for hell. And, you know, the whole of the new, the Old Testament that, um, you know, there was a foreshadowing of an appropriate sacrifice when they killed, you know, rams and goats and doves and so forth on the altar. And, the, and the, that blood was shed to show that, you know, that blood is necessary for the forgiveness of sin. That's what the scripture says. It says um, that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. But that blood was not sufficient. No. Only the blood of the, an unblemished lamb. And again, that is why Jesus Christ came. Fully God and fully man, he came to this earth, lived the perfect life as a Hebrew, as an Israelite. That's why it's so important. When he did that, you know, and he did that all the way up to and including his time on the cross, he fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the law. Because no one on their own can do that. Everyone, that you know, the scripture says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fallen short of the, go- the glory of God. So if all have sinned, that means, you know, basically none are righteous, as it says in Psalm 15. You can look these things up on your own uh, or re-listen to this and help you do that. Um, Jesus Christ as the perfect sacrifice. His blood was acceptable to God for the payment of the sins of the world. Your sins, my sins. And raising again, God raised him from the dead and he lives to give us eternal life. That is what you need to share, you know, and also that, of course, you know, we, in accepting the work of Jesus Christ, we must repent for, we must say first that we are, we acknowledge and, you know, say that we are sorry for our sins and ask for forgiveness from God, from Jesus for our sins. 
and trust him as Lord and Savior. He's Lord because he is God, that we recognize him as God and Savior, that, um, you know, that that act, you know, his perfect life and his death on the cross are sufficient to save us. Doing that, you provide for your family. And then you do the other things. You start working on your food. If you have very little money, you can still do it. You know, to, again, you, you get a friend to get you to, you know, um, eat in perhaps an ethnic place like an Indian, you know, uh, or an Asian uh, grocer that carries rice. Costco, somebody who has a membership, you can go there, you can get... 25 pounds of rice for $12.50, at least here in the Pittsburgh area. Um, and you, you start learning. You start learning how to store it, like using buckets with Mylar bags and an oxygen absorber. There's plenty of videos online on YouTube on how to do that. And, you know, once you do that, you get a food-grade bucket, like an old icing bucket from a baker, you can buy them at Lowe's. They're more expensive. Uh, you get a Mylar bag. You put your rice in there. You drop an oxygen absorber in, and you seal the bag with... Uh, you basically use a... You Again, I'm not giving anyone advice. Um, you use an iron and a 2x4 and iron the, the, uh, the Mylar shut. And then the oxygen absorber takes all the air out and draws it in and keeps it nice and airtight. And you got 25-year shelf life food, basically. Like if you do that with rice and, you, you know, so forth. Again, I'm not giving anyone advice. Please look that up on your own. Get professional advice. Um, water. You know, you need a water filter. You need something like a Big Berkey or an Alexa Pure. Um, a catadine, you know, there's other ways of doing it. Um, look up uh, on Natural News, the Mike Adams did the study. Uh, he found six water filters that weren't even really designed to take out a hot, uh, I shouldn't say hot, but a radioactive um, isotope. Uh, you know, he tested a, an analog of cesium, I think 134 or 137, I can't remember which one. And have those because the with World War III basically underway. You know, I did a story early this week about how, you know, the Russians say that America is at war with us. And they are. You can look at that. Just go to the EA blog at www.encouragingangels.org. Click on EA blog and look at the stories earlier this week and the, the podcast I did earlier this week. Uh the likelihood of a nuclear change is probably as high or higher than it's ever been. You know, you, you can, you know, read people like Paul Craig Roberts and deduce that for yourself. This is why it is so important to be godly and to follow a godly directive like in 1 Timothy 5, 8. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. 
you know, don't go into eternity uh, with your eyes not open. Because you're going one of two places. It's A or B. It's binary. Much as uh, <laughs> some of the uh, alphabet folks uh, want to claim non-binary, in the end, it's binary. You're either saved or you ain't. You're either with Jesus or you ain't. You're either with Jesus or Satan. And you're making your mind up right now. I urge you to consider Jesus Christ as the better option. And to do all those things. Um, to be faithful, to obey the commands of Christ now. Please share this. You can click the share button on whatever you're listening on, whatever um, uh, application, whether it's Podbean or Spotify. We're not on Apple Podcasts yet. I've got to rectify that. But we're doing well. We're, you know, our, our podcast is growing. We're still quite small, but we're, we are growing, and that is encouraging. Um, please click the share button and share this with a friend today. Um, share this with your family as a means of provision, as we discussed today. Sharing the message of Jesus Christ. If you can't say it, you can use what I said today to help say it. Please consider supporting Encouraging Angels. Go to the donate tab at www.encouragingangels.org Click on the cornerstone link we have there. That's a great payment processor who has done a great job for us and the folks who have used it. And you can also just send something to our P.O. box. I would be remiss if I told you with all the other things going on to help you survive to help, you know, get you through what is coming. Civildefensemanual.com. Civildefensemanual.com by Jack Lawson. Uh, incredible resource. 950 pages, two volumes with, you know, great writers of NC Scout on communication. Matt Bracken on night fighting, Sam Culper on area studies and intelligence, and Jack writing on uh, how to uh, develop and implement a NPT, Neighborhood Protection Team, because once, you know, a, there's some kind of attack, the grid goes down, what have you, you, you may have brigands at your door within two days, and you kind of need to know what to do. You need, you know... And if you're not a military professional like Jack was, then you might want to use his, uh, his writing as a template for something to help you. It's $100. It's worth it, okay? Um, CivilDefenseManual.com. Remember that, for instance, Russia, they, uh, they can get the entirety of the city of Moscow underground to protect the people from a nuclear attack. In America, not so much. Uh, there is no civil defense plan. If you think there is, uh, please tell me where the nearest civil defense shelter is. There isn't any. I know there isn't any where I live. Um, so you need civildefensemanual.com. Please go there. Check it out uh, with our friend Jack Lawson. This is the Encouraging Angels podcast. I'm Stan Szymanski, and I look forward to seeing you right here next time.